wondered how taboo, shame, and lack of good sexual education have stripped away elements of pleasure in childbirth and parenting that are essential to loving, intimate relationships, join me for another episode of Orgasmic Birth Podcast, Pleasure in Pregnancy, Birth, and Parenting, as we break down and heal barriers and open the door to more love and intimacy in birth and life. considered that some people experience the sensations of orgasm in childbirth and others feel pleasure and love. Would you like to learn more about orgasmic birth? Hi, I'm Deborah Patscali Benaro, founder and director of Orgasmic Birth and host of Orgasmic Birth, the podcast. Today, we're joined by a friend and colleague, Renee Rodriguez, joining us from Mexico. Renee was amazed to find out how beautiful, empowering, and even orgasmic giving birth could be. She believes the world should know that it's also possible to be born with pleasure. For this reason, she trained as a doula and has dedicated her life to accompany other women to create well-being in their pregnancy so they can begin and live their motherhood fully and pleasurably. It was so special for me, Renee, to meet you. I still remember 2019 in Belgium at Midwifery Today Conference, and we were sitting upstairs. I can see exactly where we were. And you shared your stories of your two orgasmic births. And like, even thinking about it, I was there smiling with delight. And then in 2020, you joined me for my first virtual birth doula workshop. So I am so honored to welcome you today to share with everyone listening about your story and your journey with birth. Welcome. Thank you so much, Deborah. And I must say I'm the one honored to be now in a podcast with you because I remember hearing you in the podcast. I will hear all your interviews, your podcast, your and I was having so much inspiration that exactly in that in, in the midwifery today, I was seeing you like a star, like, wow, Deborah is there. I would love to talk to her, you know. And then when I approached you and I found such a lovely woman, so open, so approachable, and that you were interviewing me and I could tell my story, that was really for me a dream. So I'm so happy really that I can share this because it was a dream for me to share my birth stories, but also to share it in your platform. So thank you so much. Thank you so much. And I have to say, you say having two orgasmic childbirths transformed your life and gave you a mission to tell the world and what women can do giving birth with pleasure and joy. So can you tell us a little bit about each of your orgasmic births? Describe them. By all means. And, uh, you know, when people think about orgasmic birth, they, they think, ah, it's an orgasm in birth or it's uh, when the baby goes out, you get an orgasm. So I want also to talk about that because actually I had both. I did have sexual orgasms during my labor and I went into this orgasmic state that is giving birth. And also when the baby came out was amazing. So just wanted to give that frame because you can have both. You don't have to have a sexual orgasm to have an orgasmic birth, but it's totally possible. <laughs> Definitely. 
So, well, in my first birth, I was completely disconnected of uh, motherhood. I was a businesswoman. I was a director of a company. And I was more thinking in the meeting the budget of the month than having my baby because that's the ambience I, I was. Life took me. I was living in Asia. In that moment, I was living in Singapore. And we moved due to my work to Mexico City. And that's where I said, okay, maybe I should start learning a bit about birth because I know nothing. So I took a beautiful course that was a prenatal yoga kundalini uh, with a friend. And I also got the birth preparation. And I remember I had uh, another couple that they say they will have a home birth. And the first thing I thought is, oh, these hippies, you know, because there were yogis and all that. I never considered to have a home birth because for me that was a bit of hippie. But in the course, when they start explaining what was the interventions in birth, my husband that had a previously wife and a childbirth, actually very, very medicalized, he realized the first birth was not a natural birth as he thought. It was a vaginal birth, but very medicalized. So he was the one defending me, like even with the doctors, he was questioning the doctors. And I say this because women, when we are pregnant, we don't know what we're walking into. We don't know what they can, we can take the course and they can explain, but only when you leave it, you really understand. So I had this chance of he understanding what was all these interventions and really trying to protect me not to having. So suddenly the doctor said like, okay, she was not feeling like good connection with my partner, mainly say, well, why don't you try a home birth? And then my husband that is from the Netherlands, he says, yeah, I was born at home. Why not? And was the first time I saw him so relaxed. So I said, okay, let's go and see a doctor that does home birth. I was still like, okay, let's go to a doctor because for me, a midwife was something I didn't know and didn't truly understand. So we decided to go with a female doctor and the connection with her was completely different because there was no fear. There was not, for example, she asked, would you cut her? And she said, well, that's not needed. All the others were saying like, yes, if I have to, if baby is in risk, if she is at risk, you know, they always put you this word, like if I decide as a doctor it's needed and if there's a risk, I will do it. And she was like, so like, no, that's not needed. So the, the connection with her was totally different. And I say that because as women, we really need to listen our intuition. That's the first thing we need to feel how our body is feeling with the doctor that is attending us. If we feel hurt, if we feel that they are really accompanying us, but they are just directing us because that is really important. I remember my husband just by asking questions, he would say, no, we have to change the doctors. And I was like, why? She will cut you open. And I was like, stop. And then I realized and say, yeah, that is true. So indeed, I prepare for what I wanted. We decided to have a home birth. And I think this preparation is very important. I said, no one can teach you how to give birth. They don't have to tell you how to breathe or, or which postures to have, because that is something we know. But we do need to know what is the medical system and what happens once you enter into the hospital and what is the process and the interventions and what you want and what you don't want. Because if you don't know that, and even if you think, I will do my yoga and my meditations, but you don't prepare of who is accompanying you at birth. Whatever you have as wisdom will just go. So I was, we decide 
we we were informed and we consciously decided to have a home birth. We even thought that for us, it, it was less risky to have a home birth than a, a hospital birth because unfortunately in Mexico, the rate of intervention is huge and the cesarean rate is also huge. So my husband and, all, and me, we felt uh, better at home. But I still didn't really know what birth was. And I must admit, I just let myself go. I was mainly by the end of the pregnancy because I stopped working and I was feeling to my Kundalini uh, yoga. I started really connected with, with my body and also with my husband. So I remember when it was like we were approaching new date, we were like enjoying our, our last days of, uh, of a couple and we were having fantastic sex. And I say fantastic because the sensations I was having in my body were beautiful. The orgasms that I was getting were like much more powerful than a normal orgasm when I was not pregnant. I could feel like the blood in, in, in my vagina, in, in, in my body, you know, and it's beautiful. So I remember one uh, night we were uh, having sex and I had a, a beautiful uh, orgasm and I really felt like all night I was having these contractions, but it was like these contractions of orgasm because in an orgasm, uterus have contractions. So I remember waking up in the morning and feeling this sense of nice, just a nice feeling. So then I woke up in the morning and my water broke and I have to say this, that for me was a very important stage because I called my doctor and instead of, she tells me, you have to come to the hospital and rush. And she just said, perfect, enjoy your day. You know, so I was not having any more contractions. I went and enjoyed the day. We went out in the park with my family. We had lunch. I was really very present and I was not thinking how much time it will take a new baby will uh, be born that day because the water broke but I was not in in the pressure of time so like around six o'clock we say okay bye to everybody and we will enjoy our last uh, night together as a couple and I must admit I was feeling very horny I had a lot of sexual desire and it was not desire of penetration and also because my water broke there's nothing that should go inside the vagina not the the not the penis of my husband, but neither the uh, fingers of the doctors. Yeah. So I, I I asked my husband to give me what I call a fast and furious, that is just a clitoral orgasm by, by stimulating the clitoris and 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 the and the breast. And he just started touching me, and the sensations were wow, like really electric in 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 my body. And then I got a very powerful and beautiful orgasm. This is totally a sexual orgasm. And from that, my labor kicked. So I started having like this more steady and intensive construction, but I cannot tell was painful. So I called my doula and my doula told me, ah, don't worry, you can still talk. So this will take time. And actually my doula had a 36 hour labor and I around me heard about these stories of having two days of labor and always these uh, dramatic stories. So I remember when I started feeling these sensations, I said to myself, okay, if I'm going to be here for more than 20 hours, then I would just surrender. And I was just there 
present. I went into, into my, my bath. Now I know I shouldn't have gone really into the water, <laughs> but I was in my bath. I, I didn't went into the birding pool and I just let myself completely go. My doula took two hours to come. If I will be worrying when she was coming, for sure I was panic, but I was just in my own zone. So I was not worried from her. And when she entered, she started talking to me and I was in my bath and I could see there was um entrance of, of light in the top of my bath and I could see the, the light of the full moon. So I told her, ah, have you seen the moon? And she noticed immediately that I was in transition, you know, that I was already in a alternative state. And she just it. turned off the lights. <laughs> it was fantastic. She just turned off the lights, went out of the room and then the stress was out, you know, they never told me because then she said, okay, we need to call the doctor now. So my husband couldn't even dial the phone, nothing, you know. And then the doctor arrived like one hour later and she came in and told me, oh, you're fully dilatated. And for me, it was really like shocking. Like, okay, where is the pain? Where is the, you know, for me it was, it had like four hours passed from nine o'clock to one that I was having this very active labor, but I was just feeling beautiful sensations. I was just, maybe I don't even remember. I was like in another uh, world. And when me, my doctor came in, I felt like so relaxed. Say, okay, she's here. So, and she told me baby will come anytime. So like labor stopped a bit. And I remember she came in and told me, well, I see labor is slowing down. Why don't you touch your breast? I was like, why I touch my, I should touch my breast. And she said, because that will help you with the oxytocin. So I read a bit about that, but I was not conscious like I am now. <laughs> like, can my husband do it? Yes, of course. So my husband entered into the the bath with me and we started kissing in and he just started caressing me and it was really very gentle. It was not like, uh, no, I was super gentle. I started having really like electric currents in, in, in my body. And then I felt my, my body pushing. I, I felt this sensation of pushing that I was not trying and this is that it happens naturally a lot of women ask me now that i'm doula ah, but how i have to push they were actually in a physiological birth you don't have to push your body will just uh, guide, guide you through so I, I remember just feeling my body pushing and then i i stood up and and called my husband that's the only thing that my doctor told me like ah why don't you stand up so your baby can really uh get well into the pelvis because i've been a lot of times and uh, down in the in the in the back we didn't even have the time to move to the birthing pool that that we were that the uh, doctor brought and i was holding my husband actually I, I was holding him so hard that the next day he had more pain than me <laughs> But also this connection of holding him, dancing, feeling some clothes. He was also in the oxytocin flow. There was not a moment he was under stress. And then I just felt, okay, now baby's coming. And this is something I also want to tell woman, because in birth, it's not about not feeling anything. It's about feeling everything because it's so beautiful when you know exactly where your baby is, when is coming so suddenly I, I touched my vagina and I could feel him and that was also orgasmic was a rush of oxytocin for me and I, I said my husband touch him and then also when my husband touched him was like wow he was also in this flow of oxytocin and then I noticed at that moment my doula entered to the bath my 
doctor and also I had a pediatrician and she was pregnant, like nine months pregnant. So it was also lovely. I felt like a beautiful ambience. I was not feeling observed or disturbed. Nobody was talking. They were just like there protecting me. And I felt this female presence also so beautiful. And also feeling them, I knew my baby was coming. So in that moment, I feel a few seconds, the fire, um, no, the arc of fire. Sorry. Yes. In that in that moment, I felt this arc of fire, but it was really few seconds. And for me, more of thinking about the feeling I was feeling in that moment, no. for me, more than thinking of the sensation I was feeling, for me, it was beautiful to know baby was coming out, you know, it was really beautiful. And I was not pushing. I was just, I, I was singing down like, oh, by the way, all the birds, I was also singing or, or uh, doing like noises that it will come through. Uh, and then baby came like very fast when he came out. So that, that's also a, a feeling of relief, but I wouldn't say that is your guess. Some people think that in that moment when you feel that relief, the baby come, yes, it feels super uh, pleasurable sensation, but it's more the state you are. When I'm talking about orgasmic birth, is this altered state of mind where all your hormones are working and you really feel in another world where there's no time and dimension. And getting into this state is regardless whether you had an orgasm, like a sexual orgasm or not. I think any woman that has the right ambience and that has the connection within her will get to this orgasmic uh, state in birth. And this is proven and you have you have all the theory in your podcast about this. And I want to say when my baby came out, he had two times the cord around him and there was no issue that the doctor just, that's the only thing the doctor did. Baby came out, she took like very gentle the cord uh, around his, his neck and gave it to, to us. My husband was also receiving him. I want to say this because the cord in most of the cases is also not a problem uh, at all. I'm very happy I didn't know about that and I didn't worry about that because in the doctors in the hospital, they can make a whole issue about that. But a part of this beautiful and orgasmic experience, what was also beautiful is that after birth, we moved to the, to the bed and uh, I put the baby in my belly and we let him go off uh, and, 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 and find the nipple. And this is such important state. And this is orgasmic also for the baby, because that is the moment where he's connecting. And when he's letting also his oxytocin and his hormones of well-being, uh, I, I forgot the word, segregate. <laughs> I will say it again. How you say they release this? I will say this really. I was thinking. Yeah, it's funny. However you feel comfortable. <laughs> Thank you. So, and the... The other orgasmic state that sometimes is denied is when the baby is born, that is orgasmic for mom and for baby. And many times we caught. What we did is I put the baby in the tummy. He was still connected with the placenta and we let him go up looking for the, for the nipple and, and letting him like connecting to me, to the world, letting also, also as a family, uh, getting in love, you know, and, and that is such an important moment and such orgasmic also for, for the, for the baby. 
Then the baby took like 40 minutes to really to go up and to connect and to finally start latching. And this suction, when they start latch, latching, is like when the body knows, okay, baby is feeding. So placenta, I don't need you anymore. You can go out. And then you have again, because of the oxytocin, it creates the baby being latched to the breast. Then you get again this oxytocin flowing and again the uterus contracting. And then the placenta goes like uh, we birth the placenta also lovely and peacefully. And I want to talk about this because sometimes that is forgotten, like baby's born and we want to cut the cord and we want to revise him. And, and also sometimes in convert, we want to take pictures and talk and, and we cut this part that really takes women to these higher alterated states where it's completely orgasmic. So it's not only that peak of orgasm that we think like a masculine orgasm, it's not a peak, it's really a state that actually keeps on building until baby and mom are falling asleep in all of the there, uh, having uh, really breast milk and, and, and having this connection and then, and then fall asleep. So it's important to talk about that stage that sometimes is completely forgotten. So beautiful, Renee. You put so many nuggets in there, right? And I just love how you went from kind of that sexual orgasm and at the end of pregnancy, right? Just so people listening know, like you've really expanded your blood supply. So for many people, right? orgasms, the end of pregnancy are some of the most expansive and to begin kind of your labor journey. But I loved all the other ways that you brought that oxytocin and love and connection and nipple stimulation, but just that emotional space too, that you and your husband were in that allowed this like deep transformational orgasmic birth and then your babe. So that's birth one, but I know that you went on to have another. Do you mind sharing? Like now you've had this experience. Did you do anything different the next time to prepare? How did you get ready for another birth? Well, with my second birth, I was much more secure, maybe too overconfident. Like I said, oh, this is going to be easy, fast everything's going to be fine. So I, I I had a lot of confidence that it was good. I was first living in France and for me it was very difficult to find a home birth and a midwife that will accompany me in a home birth. And that was very frustrating because the system of France, well, it has its own system. So for me, was like, that's not fair that I have to just go and that they will assign me to any doctor that is available in my due date and that's it. So I really fought for what I wanted. We even moved to, to Belgium, to the border with, with uh, the Netherlands. So in that part, it's still not so common to have homework, but there's uh, more probability or there, there are more midwives and there are also Dutch midwives. So I also looked for it. I went to see in the hospital if I wanted to give birth in the hospital. And I had this, and that's why I said intuition is so important. I felt like, no, here, my baby cannot be born. Also the hospital that the baby should, like I was assigned, was where the brother of my husband died. So for me, even the smell triggered death. And 
I say this because sometimes we forget how important the senses are. And in a sense, in the hospital, we, we have this smell of, of sickness, of sterile, you know, it, it can trigger our, our mind in a, in a very unconscious way. So I, with connecting with my intuition, I said, this is not the place. This is not the doctor. Also the doctor, I, I had to go to the hospital because she had to do the the ultrasounds, but I also didn't feel connected with her. She was, I knew she was not the doctor because she was also putting a lot of pressure on me, like a home birth is not safe. Your baby is too big. Uh, you are, you know, like you're too thin. And she already started putting me like, like even doubting that I could give birth, you know? So I said, this is not what I want. So I knew this time for midwives and I loved it. I found two beautiful midwives that were, one was Dutch, one was Belgium, but their approach is so different. You know, you go to the appointment and they talk to you. Not only, they don't only check the ultrasound and the measurements, and now they really want to know who you are, where you come from, what is your situation, where are your emotions? Uh, so the connection was uh, lovely. They came also to our home. Uh, so when they were visiting our home, it's like, Having friends over now, you know, come have a tea, let's discuss. So that also gives you a completely different approach because you, you feel connected with, with the person that would be at your birth. And not only like this, you know, in the hospital, it's just you are one number more and go fast and, and, and line and sit there and wait for two hours and all this. So for me, the, in the second birth, we also knew what we wanted and we choose the team uh, we wanted. So in the second uh, birth, I was very confident and at one o'clock, I went to the toilet and I felt like my water broke. I felt water coming out, but I was too asleep. So I wasn't sure. So I called my midwife and she said, okay, try to sleep. But I'll be, I, I, I will wait for your call. So I slept super good. And in the morning I called her, I was having again, no contraction. I was having a little bit of leak but no pain, no nothing, no other signs of labor. So she came by one, so already 12 hours passed that my water broke. And she told me, okay, it's fine, but I just have to tell you that in 12 hours, you don't start labor. So if by midnight, labor is not like already started, we have to go to the hospital because it's the law in Belgium and we have to put you antibiotics. <clears throat> and we have to put antibiotics. And there... I was like, with so much pressure, like I said, I have 12 hours to, to birth, you know, and I, because I knew I didn't want to go to the hospital and I didn't want them to put anything in my body, no antibiotic, nothing. So I started to feel the pressure and I was no longer connected because in the morning we also went to the forest with my kid. We were super relaxed. But when my midwife tell me like there was a timeline, it was very triggering for me. And that happens also to so many women. When they put, the doctor puts a, a time frame, ah, you have to give birth the week 40 or the week 41 or in two hours. That is just very difficult to, to manage. The mind really goes stressed because there's nothing you can really do. No. So of course I said, well, let's have an orgasm because I thought this is the way it can help. So I said, okay, my love, come here. <laughs> let's do it. So indeed, I, I did have a very nice clitoral orgasm, but I must admit 
there was an aim to this orgasm. I wanted to have orgasms to start my labor. So it was not the surrender and just the connection I had in my first labor. And that's what I also found very difficult to teach to women because if they know orgasms can help, but if you do an orgasm, like to have an aim, then it doesn't work the same. So it's not about that. It's not just, ah, yeah, I will masturbate and then I will have an orgasm and then whoa, because it doesn't work like that. So that's what I experienced. I, I even had my orgasm. I was dancing with my husband, but something was just not, not going, not kicking. You know, I couldn't feel I was in labor. I, I could feel I was too much in my mind. I went into the uh, tap also in the bathroom and there was a big clock and the clock was ticking. So I was so conscious about time. And then the midwife say, I will come back at seven o'clock. So she came back at seven o'clock and I was like, oh, I just have a few hours more. And, and that was very triggering for me until the moment it was already 10 o'clock and I felt I was not in labor. Contractions were there, but not really established. So I said, can you do vaginal touch? You no, know, she also, midwives tried not to do it. And I, that's very respectful. So she did one which was horrible. So in my first birth, I didn't have, so I didn't feel how horrible it is. And that's what I also, I said for, for women that they have to have these in the hospital, routinary vaginal, how do you call them in English? Sorry, vaginal. Vaginal exam. Vaginal exam, sorry. I will say it again. And yeah, and they're never pleasurable. So no, unless no, no, you do no. them yourself. Exactly. I was supposed to know that. So so I was feeling, I will go back to that part. So I was feeling something was just not, not going. And I asked my midwife to do a vaginal exam. Therefore, well, actually in my first birth, I didn't have it. So in this birth, I was like shocked. So in, in the hospitals, we like think that it's normal that they do a vaginal exams and they do very often and they are very invasive and, and, and women can feel triggered also with vaginal exams. So we also have to know that we don't have to have all the time vaginal exams. And if we can avoid it, it's the best. Midwives, some midwives, of course, don't do it. So when she did it, we find out that actually my um, water was not completely broken. My amniotic fluid was, uh, my amniotic pack was just with a little hole. And then water was leaking, but it was not completely broken. So in that moment, she told me, okay, don't worry. There's no rush. We don't have anymore to go to the hospital. Just relax. In that moment, I said, please take that uh, clock away from here and bring me my husband. But it was amazing because the moment there was no more time pressure, I just let myself completely surrender. And I remember my husband came in, in the tap. We started kissing, caressing. But this time I was really present. I was really there into my sensations, into my feelings. And then I remember hearing the water broke. I felt like the water broke. And in that moment, contractions start like really whoa, kicking up. But it was beautiful. It was like intense sensations. I, I, I was again in another world completely. I just remember these waves uh, of coming. For me, there were it, it was they were not painful at all they were really nice and and strong and i also want to say the 
way I moved in my first birth was completely different of the way I moved in my second birth because my babies were differently positioned and they were differently in weight. My second baby was very big, was four kilos, was a big baby. So I also have learned that, that it's difficult to guide a woman how, how to move and we can know positions and everything, but I always say to women, just move the way you feel like because your body knows exactly where your baby is and how the baby needs to move to go out. So instead of asking, oh, tell me how to move, you just listen to your body. So I remember in my second birth, I was moving in a different way and that makes the water uh, and that make also the baby to position well. And there was a moment I was feeling this beautiful light coming from, from my vagina to the top. And I could really feel my body opening up. Beautiful. And then I felt like the baby will come out and he came back. And that was the only moment I was like afraid. I opened up my eyes and I saw that the second midwife, because they came to midwives, entered the room. And for me, I knew she will only be there when the baby was born, about to be born. So it was beautiful because that eye connection made me feel like so protected. So like, okay, she's here, baby will come, don't worry. But for me, it was shocking that after having like feeling such a beautiful sensation, she didn't come out because the first birth was like, just whoop, you know? So she reassured me, she said, don't worry, you're doing great, just keep on breathing and in the next contraction my phone so I let myself go there was a moment of fear that I said maybe I cannot birth my baby and I want to say that a lot of women might experience that fear and that is normal that we think we cannot do it uh, anymore this is too much uh, or maybe I can't and this is part of the trends we are going and the hormones what, that we are having that, that might happen so came back. I remember my husband tried to touch me and I was like, no, don't touch me. I, I, I really needed to go within. And then again, I felt this beautiful sensation and I could feel my body opening up and my baby coming out. And then he came out, but only the head. And I was, then I was like, what? And for me, it was impressive to, to see the, the head under the water. Now there are much more water birds in the, in the internet and it's easy to see it, but I never saw a water bird like that, that you could see really the head of, of the, of the baby. So I looked to my midwife, like what I do. And she was so relaxed. Don't worry. Don't worry. In the next contraction, he will come. So I breathe and I touch him with my hands because I, I, I told my midwife that I wanted to receive him. So you said you want to receive him. Yes, receive him. And for me, that moment of touching my baby with my hands and feeling this power that I could receive my baby with my own hands was so powerful. And that for me is also orgasm. It, it goes beyond sexual orgasm. This is just a feeling of power and confidence that is beautiful. And I think that is one of the most beautiful sensations a woman given birth can have. Because sometimes we always put like, that is the power of the doctor. They they have to deliver. We even say, are they deliver my baby? No, like or feeling that you need someone to catch your baby makes you also get disconnected from what you are feeling. So having my hands in, in his head and feeling this power was beautiful. So then I feel again, this light coming up from my vagina open. I felt just all surrounded by white light and feel my body pushing. I, I, this time I, I felt I needed to push a bit more and 
my baby came out and was fantastic. This time I didn't feel the, the arc of fire. It was completely, for me, it was complete intensive pleasure. <laughs> Beautiful. And then again, they gave me this chance of moving to the bed slowly, putting the baby. Nobody touched my baby. Nobody was talking loud. They were doing video, but very discreet. And, and we left the baby until the breast. I was impressed that when my second baby latched, I, I was breastfeeding my first baby for two years and a half. And still it felt like the first time. It was like, <gasps> so with each baby is like the first time. And again, I felt all these excitus in Russian and I gave birth to the placenta also like so smooth, so beautifully, also like 40 minutes, so almost one hour after birth. So, so there was no rush for that. I had a baby of four kilos and I didn't even have a tear in my vagina. It was like, and in, wow. in the two, in the two, and in, because nobody told me push, 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 or, you know, it was just like letting the body do it. When I had my baby in that moment, when he started latching it and I was feeling all this well-being, I remember that was the moment I said, I need women to know this is possible and, and having this feeling of, of fulfillment, of power, of well-being after giving birth is completely possible. So I think that's where my my doula <laughs> mission started. And it was just with the aim to tell women birth can be a joyful experience and definitely a transforming experience. And even if it might involve pain, it doesn't have to involve suffering. Thank you, Renee. What not only beautiful stories, right, but full of wisdom, right? I I really love, I, I was thinking as you were talking about how that clock, right? As a doula, whenever there's a clock, I hang something over it because it's so true, right? In labor, we need to be in that altered state of consciousness. And when things, time, people, words draw us into feeling pressured or just into even being conscious, right? It holds us back. And you showed so beautifully how you, you know, achieve that new altered state. And then we're able to really let your oxytocin flow to feel those orgasmic joy, love and connection with your partner. And just, oh my goodness, like I'm going to be re-listening. I'm sure people that listen just now, you're going to want to hear again because you taught so many nuggets. But I know as a doula, you're guiding others now. If you could give, and I know it's so hard to say one tip because there's probably like 20, but if you could say, what's one thing for those that are pregnant right now listening that you would want them to know to prepare for that joyful, blissful, orgasmic birth? Present. I think that's the most important thing I've seen in women just being in their head, thinking of what will happen, what can happen, how long it is, how and not being present. And this is being present is from the pregnancy. They are sometimes, they're worrying, I don't know if my baby have this, if I have that. It, I always said to them, you know what? If your baby or if you have something, you will have the strength and the resources in that moment to face it. But don't be thinking about all the things that can happen if now here you are fine. So, and 
this presence is so difficult for them to have. And when you're present, when you go to the doctor and you're present and you feel, you can feel whether this is the person you want to come from you or not. If you are present, if you are listening to intuition, you can say, this is not the place I want to give birth. This is not the doctor. This is not the doula. This is not the husband. <laughs> but it's like also you can feel whether you want husband or not to, to be there. So having this connection where, with your intuition and listening to yourself, for example, many times women know when something is wrong at birth uh, or when something is right at birth. And sometimes doctors don't want to listen, no? They know, oh, I'm birthing now. And they're, no, no, you say, no, 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 baby's coming now, you know? And, and we feel that we don't know. Every single woman, when it's the first time that we know, it's uh, and first time mom, I know nothing. And we start from that. So I always say, no, you know everything. You just need to tap with the wisdom. So that's my advice. Be present. No birth will be the same, but you have to be the journey because also the journey will teach you. For example, now I have a woman that has been in pre-labor for too long, but if she keeps on thinking how more time I will be here, she will just go nuts because it's too much anxiety of thinking how much and how and how long if she's present if she's present and she lives the moment if, if she feels her body what she needs to do whether to sleep whether to dance whether to eat and just go step by step you know that will make it the presence is the most important thing when i was present in my birth i was able to go to this orgasm orgasmic state Beautiful. Thank you so much, Renee. And for all that are listening, how can they contact you? Can you share your website, your social? Yeah, thank you so much for saying I have a project that is called Mindfulness, like mindfulness, but with mom.live. So I have in my Facebook and my Instagram are mindfulness.live. And I also uh, recently opened in Cancun. I'm living in Cancun, Mexico. Holistic Center. So it's uh, very recent. I think I haven't even tell you because we are no, opening. This is it's a great uh, surprise. Yeah, it's a video. It's called um, Oma. That means grandmother in in Dutch, and it's a, a holistic healing hotel. So little by little, we will have more room to host people. But the idea of this center is also to be a center of motherhood and and. Familyhood, I will say, when we will be hosting ceremonies, seminars, and all these for families to be able to be connected with with their sacred wisdom. Beautiful. Well, and I have to say, I hope to come visit you. I'm sure other people listening too, right? Definitely. I, I still have to do the the orgasmic the uh, orgasmic event in in Mexico in the Riviera Maya. So now you have a place to stay for sure. <laughs> That's well, thank you so much. And thank you, everyone that's listening. I really hope that you'll share your comments and feedback and look below in the show notes. You'll see all of Renee's information there. And we're wishing you all a pleasurable orgasmic day. Thank you so much. Thank you, Deborah. Bye-bye. Uh... 
Thanks for listening to the Orgasmic Birth Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to learn more about pleasure in birth parenting and birth work, visit orgasmicbirth.com forward slash more for my free gifts. And please leave a review about your experience. Reviews help us to reach more people and please subscribe. Thank you.